This is Reawakened, conversations with and for women in transition with Vari Longmuir and Jade McKenzie. As women in our 30s have experienced transition in different forms, we realised there was a lack of open, honest conversation around what can be a lonely and delicate time. Our hope for this podcast is that it will be the medicine you need to navigate whatever you are going through with courage, grace and a little humour along the way. Welcome to episode 6 of Reawakened, the podcast you're with Jade and Vari and today we are talking about navigating change gracefully and finding the grace in change, which is easier said than done. Isn't that right, Fahari? Yes, it is. It definitely is. Um, it's kind of a bit of an oxymoron to say grace and change because we, they often don't go hand in hand. But we have some instances where they have definitely gone hand in hand. So I'm excited to dive in. Perfect. Well, I want to start with you because you are ahead of me, I'm still very much in the thick of it and I feel like you will be able to give me and and anyone else listening some guidance just based on what you've been through and and what's happened to you over the last 18 months. So Mm. do you want to share where you're at and what you have found has really worked for you? Yep, definitely. So as I was thinking about this episode, I googled what the official definition for grace was because I think we can use it in all different contexts these days so for me there's not really any religious connotations to it but the definition for me that feels closest to my heart is that grace is an act or instance of kindness or courtesy and during times of transition find that grace to find that kindness when you feel so raw and so broken at times and so empty um and the what I'm going to chat about is obviously um my stories about my own personal transitions that are focused around relationships and marriage and separation but I think these instances can be applied to to different types of transition whether it be in your career or in your personal life or in relationships so hopefully this is super helpful for people in all different types of transition at the moment Beautiful. so the first one for me is to have zero expectations and this was my big downfall I had too big an expectation of other people around me as I was going through this transition which was really unfair on them and particularly around uh, my family I've touched on that before that um, that my family weren't what I needed or wanted them to be during this time for me and and again it was just all down to their own fears um, and warranted fears for me and for what it meant for me going forward and for my kids but I think I set the bar too high for some people that was unfair for them, um, especially with my mum and with my sister. They were two really difficult relationships that are still in the process of healing at the moment. But I think we can we can often expect things of people in these times that aren't necessarily qualities that they've ever shown before. Mm. And I know that's what it was for me. I was expecting responses that 
were really unfair because they had never shown examples of what I hoped in my head that they would do. And so for me, there was a lot of time and energy and heartache around trying to get them on board with my decision and trying to have them understand why I was making decisions and what it meant for me. And I realized that they were never going to get on board. And so I think if you have it, you know, it's that cliche that the expectation is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I think this was really true in this circumstance. And so for me and for anyone else who is finding that, that they have a battle with other people in their lives uh, to really understand why they're choosing this particular transition in their life and what's going on for them. For me, I just had to let those relationships go for a while and just not give them my time and my focus. And and it's it's proved to be really helpful and healthy for me. And as I said, those relationships are are being healed at the moment. And I think it's through just letting go the need for them to fully understand because they can never fully understand because it's my life and they're going to bring their own stories to it. So for me to to let go of that expectation was a huge way for me to find some kindness and not have resentment against those people. And also I think for people in separations to have lower expectations of your ex-partner it's so funny that that we leave relationships because there's there's been some issue and often a breakdown in communication or not good quality communication but yet we expect that when we separate that they're going to become this like super great communicator and it's like well if that was the case we might not have found ourselves here at this point and so I think to have like to not have ridiculously high unrealistic expectations of the other party because they're they're hurting and and lost in all of this as well so for me yeah having zero expectations or certainly lower expectations when it comes to the people who are directly affected by your transition makes for a much smoother path have you found that Jade? well (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I think we're very much still in the thick of it, but I completely understand what you're saying and I think for me at this time it's really good to take on board. I, yeah, I'm going through Mm. a bit of a tricky time with my ex at the moment where um, things have turned around a, a little dramatically and so... I think expectation is something that has been completely shattered for me at this time. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's funny because I feel like with the people around me, like talking about your mum and your sister, it is like acknowledging what those relationships are and that potentially whatever you need at that moment might need to come from somebody else, like an outside source or a different friend or the comfort that you might look for in someone that you feel would be really good to come from just might have to come from somebody else for a little while. I think everyone's just adjusting, isn't it? And everyone, it triggers so much stuff within other people. You just don't know how people are going to react and and how that's going to flow on and affect 
you and the people around you. It's so strange. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, just as you were talking there, I realised that what I was looking for from those people was what I actually needed to give myself. Mm. I was looking for their their support and their assurance that this is going to be okay, you've got this. And I really just needed to tell myself that. I didn't need it from them. But at the time, it felt important for someone just to to reaffirm that, yeah, you're going to be okay in this and and that you're not going to fall apart. And I didn't get that from them. But yeah, I just needed that for myself, I think. So, and I think once I made the decision to be that for myself, then then those relationships started to heal. I find that the trickiest thing though, I know what I need or what I need to feel and the things that I need to be okay with. But I guess my voice hasn't always been the strongest in my mind with those kinds of things. And so it is nice to have somebody to remind you. So it's interesting that you say that that's exactly what you needed to tell yourself because I believe that to be so true. But what I struggle with is believing that when I tell myself. It's like I Mm. need that externally so that I can believe what I am telling myself. Mm. I struggle with that. Yeah, it's like those, like, you know, affirmations that you can tell yourself them, but unless you actually believe them and feel them in your body, then it's just words. And it it can be hard to get to that point of really believing what you're telling yourself. Yeah. Mm. So the second thing for me is support. And I think we've touched a lot on the support of those people around you, whether it's friends or family or neighbours or colleagues or other people in your community. I think that's really key to to ask for that support and allow those people to support you. But also for me to find quiet support from other sources has been really key in helping me stay grounded and kind towards myself and towards other people as I've gone through this transition so things seeking out things like blogs or podcasts and you know this was very much the inspiration for this podcast is that these are conversations that were not all that easy to come by when I was really craving stories from other people to to give me that example of this is actually going to be okay. Um, But to find podcasts and books and meditations and blogs uh, about people who were in a similar space was really helpful in showing me the bigger picture and showing me what life a couple of steps down the path could potentially look like for me. So we'll we'll put them all in the notes because I've got a whole list and I won't bore everyone with them. But I've got um, a couple of go-to books and meditations and podcasts that I still use on a, if not daily, but weekly basis um, to help me stay grounded and feel calm and confident as I still move through this transitional phase, um, albeit a couple of steps further along the path than where you find yourself at the moment, Jade. I think it's it's been one of those really nice things to come back to and almost creating a, a ritual um, and some routine. And that has been really helpful to to keep me from feeling quite frazzled and and, and grounded in, in all of it. So that's been a, a really big one for me. Um, and it, 
having these things has just allowed me to offer myself some grace in this time when I'm feeling quite fragile and they've been those those kind of go-to touch points for me to to come back to myself so for you Jade have you found that there's been particular things not necessarily people um, in your life but things that have helped you get to this stage whether it was in making the decision um, to transition out of your marriage or as you've been dealing with the other side of the decision do you have anything that's been helpful for you only recently I am the queen of procrastination and resistance when I really want to be and (laughs) I know that meditation's been a big part of my life and lately in the last couple of years I would say the last one or two years I found that when I've needed it the most is when I am resisting it the most and so uh, I just when I know it's good for me it's like I will self-sabotage myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. until it's really dire And then I cave in and I'm like, why was I so resistant to this? But a big part of it was actually realising that all the meditations that had worked for me in the past, they weren't working for me anymore. I just didn't connect on that level. I didn't feel centred and grounded. And there was one that's a five-minute one that I found on YouTube that helps me and helps me when I'm really stressed. It just helps ground me. But there was nothing there that expanded my heart really. And then I, so Event Head did Rebecca Campbell's tour and we've just come off the back of that and it's so interesting because uh, she is the first client I've had where we've done a tour and it shifted something substantially within me. Usually Mm. I'm just in work mode and I'm supporting my client and, yeah, it's great to see them on stage and it's interesting and all of that, but nothing really stirs me at a soul level and there was some chanting that she did at every show in every city and I recorded it on my phone and we were in Sydney and I decided to stay in Bronte in an Airbnb by myself a little studio and one of my friends took me on the Bondi the Bronte to Bondi walk and I love nature so nature for me is definitely something that calls me, that centres me, that grounds me. I could sit and watch a tree or watch the ocean for hours and not move and I'm so at mm. And so I've, that is something that's really helped me through this. But I had this urge to take Laura to this little bit of a cave when my friend Josh showed me so you have to climb over the barriers and you climb over this bit and you go into this little cave on top of the rocks and there's no tourists there clearly because they don't know you can go there and it's just the ocean and it's just you and the waves and the sky and Mm. Beck's chant I played it and I was playing it every morning and every night to go to sleep and to wake up and I knew I wanted to play it in this place and I put it on and we just sat there and we meditated and there were whales and it was so beautiful because whales are my spirit animal. So the whales were coming up and we could see them in the distance and they were coming in groups of two and three 
and it reminded wow. me of Cerise and I because we both love whales and and when I meditate, that's what I see. That's the animal that comes to me. It always has. And I've been covering mm. whales since I was a little kid. And I just started bawling my eyes out because we had these two whales and then thinking about what we were going to do, where we were going to live. And I was like, well, I need to be in Bondi. I need, I feel at peace here in between Bondi and Bronte. This is where I need to be in September and October. And I was questioning whether or not to do it and all of these things. And then I looked up and there was two planes intersecting in the sky. One was going up, one was going down. And then a white feather floated down. And I just started bawling my eyes out. I couldn't stop crying. And I think everything just came to an emotional peak. And it felt so right. And so I closed my eyes and every time I opened them, there would be more whales And I told Beck what happened and she said that it was so amazing because when she sings that chant, she actually calls in the whales from Tenerife. I think that's how you say it. And so she pictures whales. So it was interesting that we were in that spot. There were whales migrating. There were the planes while I was questioning whether I come or go and, you know, all these little signs. And so I feel like finally after however many months, seven or eight months since I've separated from my husband, I found the thing that it just connects at a soul level. It's the only thing that gives me peace at this time and that is what I listen to every night. I'll play the chants over and over and over until I go to sleep. Sometimes I only listen to it once. Sometimes in the morning I'll listen for it for two hours while I just lie there but that's a very long-winded way of saying to you that I got meditation back in my life but in a different way to what I expected because things yeah I love that that's such a beautiful story and all those little things just coming into perfect alignment at that time is just so special yeah Mm. did you find Mm. that even though you might have had these tools and techniques and skills your whole life that now you've had to use them at a completely different level. Like it's so different yeah. from how you used to use it in the past. Absolutely. And even rereading books and getting something completely different from them. I think that's the magic of a book is you can read it when your life's at one particular stage and then you can read it at another time and you get completely different things from it. You get exactly what you need at that time. And that's certainly been true for me. I know with regards to meditation, that was something that I had a pretty solid meditation practice. And then as my life seems to be spiraling out of control, it was the first thing to go. And I knew within myself that it was a time I needed it the most, Mm -hmm. but I literally could not sit still with myself. Like the physical having to sit still for even 10, 15 minutes was just an impossibility for me. It was a time that I needed that stillness and that groundedness more than than ever before. But I just physically couldn't do it. My body wouldn't allow me to do it. And so I feel so grateful now to to be able to to connect with myself in a way that I needed to then but couldn't. And to know that I've been able to to reconnect in that way has been really nice. So if you're finding that yourself, um, for people listening, if you're, you know, the things that you should be doing that you're not 
perhaps able to do at the moment, then then that's okay and it can come back around. Yes, we both found that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think I ever said this to you, Jade. I don't think I told you this, but um, Rebecca Campbell's book, I think it was Light is the New Black. I picked that up at the bookshop. Um, oh, it would have been like a year and a half ago now, maybe. Um, right as as my marriage was, you know, officially coming to a public end, and it just touched me in such a big way her story of of ending a relationship I think she was in London at the time and it was this like comedy of errors of like her apartment flooding and mm. being kicked out and then going on a, you know, at a, a trip at the same time and um, there was just all this alignment and I remember standing in a toy shop with my kids they were picking out gifts for a birthday party they were going to and having just read that chapter was literally standing in a toy shop just crying because it just resonated so deeply with me so um yeah I love Rebecca's work and I think for anyone going through any time of transition it's a real gentle support all of her work so yeah again we'll put this all in the show notes um over on the website because there's some just really beautiful stories and and instances of of experience and that change and transition in a way that's uh that's just really comforting I found yeah well I really need to read her books then <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have all of their books and I haven't read any of them but that's because I get to enjoy them at events and I get to see them in exactly. person but I think that's a nice a nice thing for me to go and do go read Light is a New Black and and there's Rise Sister Rise as well mm. but it is yeah I think it's such a good thing to surround yourself with things that are easy to digest at a time that's really overwhelming. Like Beck does yeah. things in a way that is quite um, easy to read and it's quick and easy, kind of like Lisa Messenger's style. I find I can pick up her book, mm. read it on a plane ride to Sydney and back and I'm done and I've taken what I've needed from it. Meditation is like 15 minutes. Going for a walk, you can just go around the block. Do you feel like that's a big thing for you too, like having something that won't overwhelm you with more questions but instead will just give you space or a short, succinct answer that you're looking for? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I'm all for the quick fix where you can get it, you know, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to things like meditation. Like we've got so much stuff happening in our days and whilst I would love to be able to spend, you know, a couple of hours in the morning and the same in the evening, you know, on a meditation pillow, it's often just not practical mm -hmm. to do those kind of things because, you know, life and stuff gets in the way. Um, but for me to have those like just little keystones within the day, so it might just be 15 minutes in the morning or it might be a 10 minute break after lunch or it might be that 10, 15 minutes after dinner, um, before I start getting the boys ready for bed, just to find those little snippets of time. You know, five or ten minutes is better than nothing. And and to be able to carve out that time in your day, I think, just makes a world of difference. For me, with meditation, I know I said I'll put all the links in the notes, but I just want to mention this one um, specifically. For me, a meditation that I found that was just the medicine my soul needed at the time, and it's 
been meditations that I go back to every day or every other day at the moment is they're kind of spoken word meditations so they're guided meditations but it's almost a kind of spoken word poetry style of meditation um so it's something that you can easily listen on the go if you're on the train or you're driving somewhere you can kind of listen to them on the go that you don't need to be sat down with your eyes closed um in full meditation mode um and they're by sarah blondin she is a canadian girl and i found her meditations on the insight timer meditation app so she has uh maybe about 12 or 15 different meditations and they go from like eight minutes to around about 15 minutes and they're just so soothing it's just her voice and the music and everything about them is just so comforting and it's such a lovely way to kind of bring yourself back to yourself so for me that's been my go-to one recently and I think to have a guided meditation if you are feeling a little bit unsettled a guided meditation for me can really help rather than the thought of being sat there in silence with my own thoughts for 10 or 15 minutes. It can, that can feel quite confronting. So a guided meditation for me, and especially in those times where I have been feeling a bit unsettled and a bit of a kind of frantic energy in my body has been really helpful. So that's one in particular that's been super helpful for me, especially lately. Mm, amazing. And taking mm. that up a notch, have you seen any healers or therapists or anything where you're booking in to have a session with someone whether that's body um, emotional speaking or anything like that um that's a good question actually so um at the time um of our separation both my husband and I were were seeing therapists individually um and it wasn't all that helpful for me, I'll be honest and say it wasn't because, and and by no means does that say that I don't think therapy is good. I think therapy is super helpful for so many different people in different circumstances and it can be a real lifesaver for people. But the particular therapist that I had just didn't feel quite aligned. Um, I felt like I was going in for an hour and just bad-mouthing my ex and justifying my position in it. And I came out feeling this really horrible energy. Like I was making myself out to be this victim and he was the bad one. And and it wasn't helpful for me. Um, and so after maybe four or five sessions, I decided not, not to go back there because the decision had been made to move on. And having these hour-long conversations on a weekly basis really felt like it was keeping me stuck in this story of of being a victim and and that's not how I felt and so it really just didn't sit comfortably with me um I, I dare say I could have found another therapist who would have been much more of what I needed at that time but I didn't want to retell the story of why I had been so hard done by because it didn't feel relevant um and I know that the other therapist that my ex went to see was really supportive and, and, and helpful for him. So I know everyone has very different experiences with therapists, but um, more from an energetic point of view, um, I haven't had any go-to people that's been a, an ongoing thing. What I have had is um, one of um, our mutual friends, Danny Angel. Um, she's a really good friend of mine and we catch up on a regular basis. Um, and she is qualifying in a modality called Hanuman Healing, which is 
kind of energetic healing, which is so fascinating. Um, again, I'll put the link to Danny's website up on the show notes. So as she was in her training, I was being her guinea pig. Um, and it's all, it, the concept is that we hold different emotions in different parts of our body. And through the, the session together, you release those particular emotions through those points in your body. So that has been really interesting just to watch it unfold for Danny and also to be a part of that so that's really the only thing that I've used you know as a kind of external support person I've not really went too deep with anyone else it's been more my own kind of self reflection and and research and and gathering of information for myself rather than seeking out other people but it's something that I'm definitely open to and I'm a true believer of the throw it all against the wall and see what sticks theory so I'm happy to try it all because I think it all helps in in lots of different ways and and can be really complimentary to to see lots of different people Mm. what about yourself have you deliberately gone out to kind of seek any support from professionals or experts or healers in any particular area well again queen of resistance (laughs) (laughs) and also just no time I think as a classic woman slash mum you are always putting yourself last I feel like it was interesting what you said about the therapist uh, I've dealt with anxiety and depression in the past and I uh, yeah I found working with a psychologist was actually really hard I really did not like it. it and that's why I haven't really sought out that type of help this time around because it was for the same reasons as you it felt like it was just talking about negative things and being stuck in a negative space. And when I went, it wasn't completely about my marriage. There was some of that for sure. But she kept digging into my relationship with my father and the way that things were being talked about, it was, yeah, it was almost like skewing him in my eyes, whereas I've I've never had felt like I had anything but a happy childhood. Uh, we were poor. I didn't have a lot of opportunity, but my parents worked really hard and it was interesting how just seeing that process made it made me turn off seeing a psychologist because I was like, you're trying to dig up things and make me feel things that I've never felt my entire life and trying to come up with a conclusion for me. It just didn't feel right. I'm not looking Mm. for someone to blame. I'm looking for, I was looking for help with my depression at the time, which was not triggered by my dad or anything like that. It was from my relationship. It was just so strange. And she was lovely and you know, it works for some people, it didn't work for me. And that's why I love coaching and why I'm a certified life coach and I don't really practice life coaching with others. It's more business and events coaching. But I definitely have a keen interest in it and as a trainer I absolutely love to look at how it works and teach people how to do it because it is about moving forward positively. It's about having goals and knowing that you have the answers within you and potentially you just need somebody to ask you a few key questions to help you realise these things for yourself. Everything is innate. You don't need someone telling you what's right or wrong. 
you already have the answer. It's just gently helping you uncover that. And I feel like I'm blessed because I am surrounded by life coaches. My best friends are coaches. And so they've been very supportive and effectively, I'm putting this in air quotation marks, they've coached me, counseled me. And I hate it when people do that. Like my friends know, (laughs) don't coach Jade. Like she hates it. But there have been times where I've called them and I'm like, I just need to process this. So if I didn't have that, then I absolutely would have sought that out um, because that for me is moving forward, whereas counselling the psychologist, it was looking back and bringing up things and creating issues just that I was not willing to look at or deal with or, or, or I just felt like it was not right for me but I did have yeah. a um a session with somebody and that really helped me it was more wasn't really psychic it was more like a soul reading kind of thing and I've dabbled in that stuff Reiki kinesiology throughout my whole existence on this planet and I find that they are helpful at different times But it is interesting that with this, I have really grieved. I have really gone inwards and I have really not looked externally for these things. One of my beautiful besties paid for the soul reading for me. It was exactly what I needed at the time and it was so amazing and helpful. But, yeah, it's interesting that, when I have the world's biggest problem that I've ever encountered, I'm just I'm I'm drawing more and more inwards. I don't mm, want yeah. I don't want that external help. Did you feel yeah. like when you did the um, the therapy individually that that was something you thought you needed to do to move through it? Was it something you both talked about and decided you should do? How did that come about? Did you force yourself to do it or were you like, no, this is what I'm going to do? Oh, you're good. You know how I push my buttons. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't want to do it because, and it was my ex-husband that suggested it. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a going through the motions to show, yeah, I've I've ticked the boxes, I've taken the steps that you need to do, and yes, I still want to leave my marriage. I knew before I went to that first session that this isn't going to save our marriage. I was already out, but it felt like the steps you have to go through to be able to say, "Well, I tried." Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yep, it was more a, a validation, an external validation of, yep, yep, she did the steps that you're meant to do. And so she's allowed to leave her marriage now. That's what it was for me. Amazing. And so you didn't do it for you? No, no. It's funny looking back now, yeah. And it was helpful in a way that it, it helped me uncover some patterns of behavior within myself, perhaps um, things that I wasn't all that consciously aware of at the time, but certainly from a relationship point of view and, and also the therapist, and I'm just going to have a little bit of a rant about 
therapists or this particular therapist that I had experienced, she was all, she was desperate to really badmouth my ex, which I didn't feel was appropriate or helpful at all. Mm-hmm. She was almost looking for ways to say, yeah, you're right. You should want to leave this. Um, and, and I felt myself defending him to her which is a really strange thing to be doing in your therapy session um but even just mindset differences um in just one example I remember she had said when it came around you know talking about the practical aspects of of money and and maintenance and things like that that go with being separated um I had said to her, you know, I have my own business and, and certainly with now having more time to dedicate to my business, I'll definitely be able to make more money than I have in the past. So, um, so that, you know, that's a positive aspect for me. And her response was, well, you don't want to earn too much money because if you earn more than him, then you will have to pay him maintenance. <sighs> and that was just the nail in the coffin for me. I thought, what, what example is that that you're setting a woman to say, you can leave a marriage, but don't ever make more than your ex-husband because then you'll pay him money. And to me, I thought, what a beautiful place to be that I'm in a position that my ex-husband makes a really good wage and has a really great, secure job that he really enjoys. How amazing for our children if I was actually making more than that and and they were able to experience that level of, of financial security in their life with having two co-parents and so that was just that was the clincher for me that was like no we're we are not on the same page here and I I never went back after that no wonder wow that's a really great example of understanding where your boundaries are and advocating for yourself and making a choice because you did go in there willingly to you know, work with your husband and, you know, show him that you were going to, I don't know, show up in the way that he wanted you to show up so you could both get closure. For you, you understood Mm. that going in there, it was not going to change your mind, but it was something that you needed to do for the both of you to show that you just hadn't abandoned him. And so you could move on going, okay, well, this was the right choice. I know for sure that this is the right choice for me. And I think sometimes we go into things where people are the expert or we put them on a pedestal or we go, well, well, I'm paying you money, so you tell me what to do. And you quickly forget that you have equal power. And I love that you were like, hang on, this doesn't feel right to me. Because I think in anything you do, whether it's clinical, medical, psychological, or if it's soul and Reiki and energy, it is about you and your boundaries how it makes you feel and how it can help you move forward because we don't want to remain stuck we do want to have closure or process or transition as gracefully as possible and if somebody is not helping you get through that or it makes you uncomfortable you have every right to question that and it's not you going crazy or you being difficult or you not wanting to come to the party that to me is a is a big red flag the fact that you needed to defend your husband and then you had to like it's not appropriate to talk about the potential of your earning capacity and and then how that may 
affect payments you may or may not have to make to your husband. And I just, yeah, yeah, I think it's that's just a beautiful reminder for women that no matter what help you seek, whether it's a lawyer or if it's to do with your mind or therapy or anything, you are always in control, 100%. Yeah. And whether yeah. you pay someone or not, it doesn't mean there's unequal power there. You are both bringing something to the table. You are allowing them to serve. You are helping them with their business. You are giving them an energetic exchange of money. And for that, you need to receive in the best way possible. So that's good that you did what that what was right for you. Mm, mm. And what you touched on earlier, Jade, about feeling like you need to go inward rather than seek that external help. That's been, that's definitely been the reality for me in this as well. And it reminds me of, of a post that Russell Brand posted on Instagram recently, um, who I love. He's an, an amazing human on a side note. Um, and I've just pulled it up here and it says, if something has an advertisement, it means you don't need it. No one has ever had to say, go to sleep, breathe, or love people. And that, like, I feel like that really rings true. It's like, you know the answer. You don't need other people to tell you it. You know within yourself and, and you don't need to bring an endless amount of people in to tell you what your own truth is. That even though you might not want to hear it, you know it yourself. That's a beautiful quote. I've not heard that. And mm. I love Russell Brand too. You would never want to date him <laughs> ever. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've, <laughs> really? I've got everything no. about him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's incredible, but, yeah, it's it's so true. We forget we have our own power. It's too easy to give away to someone else or to exactly. something else, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because then if it doesn't work – we can blame it on the other thing. Like there's no responsibility in it then. Mm. We're like, oh, that never worked because of them or that thing or that promise. But it's more confronting to, to go inward because there's no one else to blame. But we know that's where it all lies. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> all right. My next point. Let's keep moving on. My next point is honest, graceful communication. So... I found this one really difficult when it came to having a new partner in my life and really being torn between being honest and open with my ex because whether we like it or not we're in each other's life for the rest of our lives because of the two beautiful people that we brought into the world together and I look at some people who separate and they can separate, they don't have any kids and they can go off and do their own thing and they literally never have to see or speak to that person ever again. But it's not the case when you have kids, you know. So I think there has to be a real effort to be made in and around that honest communication. But for me, the juggle was to be honest, but to also be kind and not throw too much in his face so because I was the one that had chosen to leave our relationship I felt like I was always a couple of steps ahead of him and I've come to think that that's why relationships break down because essentially someone is at a different place than the other person and so the other person is always playing catch up so it felt like it was just 
blow after blow after blow. It felt like it was me saying I wanted to leave. It was me moving out of the house. It was me contacting a lawyer. It felt like it was always me that was making these next steps because I felt ready for that. And Mm -hmm. when I entered into a new relationship, I did want to keep it secret because I wanted to protect his heart from it because he was still in this really deep grieving place. And I didn't want to be flaunting this new relationship in and around him um, because he was still really fragile at that time. So I wanted to be respectful of that. But then I also needed to move ahead with my life and not hold myself back for fear of hurting him. And I think it's something that with time, it lessens the distance between where both of us are. So at first it felt like I was light years ahead of where he was but now at this stage it feels like we're much closer in stages and so for me that was a really tricky one is is to be able to navigate that communication in an honest way but also being mindful I've not been hurtful and not not being mean Mm. um so yeah there's no with this example there's wrong or right answer but that was something that definitely came up for me that helped me navigate this period of transition with a little bit of grace and a little bit of kindness was just being aware of how much is too much you know and not not oversharing not being unkind yes that's a huge one do you feel like it takes a lot of your energy or time to really consider where he's at at any given time and what you choose to communicate? And do you feel like he does the same back to you? I I give it less energy and, and time to consider now. It seems more natural now, but in the earlier days, it, I perhaps gave it too much attention. Um but then can we ever really be too kind? I don't know. It's that balance between allowing that part of my life to to not be an active part anymore, but also acknowledging the fact that we are going to be in each other's lives and, and also for the sake of, of our children to show them honest, open, loving communication between their two parents, you know, especially when there's there's other adults coming into to their lives on a regular basis that it felt it felt right for me to to take that slowly and to be very considerate in that space. And and I'm lucky that my partner now was okay with that because I know there's a lot of partners who wouldn't be, who'd be like, well, why why do we have to consider their feelings in it? And But I'm so lucky and so blessed that the person I'm with now sees that as a, a beautiful way to, to communicate and a beautiful way to be parents of, of two kids. So I feel really lucky in that. And I know that's not everyone's reality. And I know that that isn't always the case or even often the case. But for me to take time to allow that transitional period for him to to be at the pace that it needed to be, I think has been so helpful in us having a really lovely relationship today. Um, and to see how that reflects in our boys as well, I think is is has been key in that. So I don't I don't regret the slowness of that transition and and being very accommodating of his feelings in it. Mm. 
That's lovely. I definitely think that that's aspirational for many people and that we need a lot more examples of that. Um, And that is something that we talked about, I think, maybe our first episode where it was where are all of these examples of people who just get along? I don't want to hear (laughs) the horror stories. I don't want to hear the the running away with somebody and you know I just want to hear stories of people who yes of course it's it's hard it's it's never going to be easy but they've managed to have a family unit it might just look a little different to what society is used to and I think that's really great and a very aspirational place to be in I think for me what's happening at the moment is not about any relationship I'm having because I don't have one, but it's more so on his side and then the disconnect that's happening with our little family unit because of that and Mm. that's leading to some tensions. And, of course, I don't want him to or need him to be there for me, but I absolutely do for his daughter, and I think that's where we're having a breakdown of communication. So if it was about me, I would be less fiery. Um, yeah. But I love yelling. I mean, even when I'm happy, I love I love singing <laughs> loudly, talking loudly. I'll chat easily, be super loud at a bar when I'm very excited. Um, so when it comes to fighting, <laughs> I am, you know, I'm not opposed to firing up and, and giving my opinions. And so as much as I try to have control or to consider someone's feelings, I think after however many years you kind of, where you have always considered that person, sometimes you're just at breaking point and it would be nice if we could move past this and, um, yeah, for me to get back into that space of loving kindness because for Mm. me right now is actually bare minimum while he goes through what he's going through and I'm just waiting for him to come back, you know, to come back from that and be himself again. And so that is what I'm finding very challenging in terms of communication and, and being kind is something that I feel will just in this situation just leads to a lot of, hurt because it's not actually being kind it's letting him um letting him wipe his hands of particular responsibilities yeah that that's that really fine line between being kind and being flexible but also having your own personal boundaries and and not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of I think for me that trying to find that sweet spot between those two was Mm. was tricky and was really key because I think at some points I was overly flexible and overly accommodating and and I felt like I wasn't really honoring the boundaries I wanted to have in place for myself so I had to kind of pull myself back so I think there is definitely a a fine line and by no means you know I'm so fortunate that our relationship is two years almost two years down the line um of separation it's it's 
at a very amicable place and we're, we are both very kind towards one another but by no means has it been like that the whole way you know there's been some real volatile moments throughout that so I don't want anyone listening to think that it's all been plain sailing because it certainly hasn't but I think just to give you a little bit of hope that if it is quite volatile at the moment um, as I experienced as well then it can it can settle down and will settle down over over time you know time is a great healer and just giving yourself some space between the raw emotions and the event and and your future self is is a way to show yourself some grace Mm, that's lovely it's always so nice to know there's hope (laughs) and a way forward and yeah with these things it is finding your own sense of closure yeah for sure for sure. So those are my experiences of trying to find some grace in in the last two years of my life. Hopefully that's helpful and my little stories hopefully resonated with with you, Jade, and with other people listening who are experiencing this at the moment or they're perhaps about to move into periods of of a bit of volatility. Um hopefully this is a nice little reminder that it will all eventually settle down. Yes. We can hope. <laughs> no, it's nice to have those reminders, and uh, yeah, it's a process. Yeah, definitely a process. Yeah, definitely. Oh, but thank you so much for sharing. It was really helpful. And is there anything that you want anyone listening to contact us with, or or to talk about on the socials or on the voicemail function on on Anchor? Yeah, maybe just um for anyone who has navigated this path or is on this path at the moment, if you have any ways of, of adding a little bit more grace to what is a, a pretty difficult and emotional time, then we would love to hear. These are just our stories of what's going on in our life at the moment. But yeah, if you have ways or, or resources, it might be that podcast or that book or that meditation then please share with us um, and we can maybe make up a bit of a resources download for you guys to tap into some of those those essential things that can just be the savior we need in these times so um, especially if you are finding it difficult to have these conversations with family members or you don't necessarily have that friendship group that you feel you're able to to really talk in detail about these really emotional things then um yeah this could be a nice little takeaway for everyone, a resource list of, of all the places that, that we can go to get that help that we need and that support during this time. Yeah, perfect. And I do just want to say, and I know Vari will agree with me, whatever path you need to take to navigate change, whether it's through a medical professional, a therapist, counsellor, a, a psychologist, psychiatrist, or um, energy healer or anything any of that is okay. We just want you to remember that you are always in control. You always have your own power and that it's when you're going to see these professionals or these people, again, it's not giving up your power. It's supposed to help you through a particular time and to help you process and integrate into the new situation that you find yourself in. So I just wanted to double down on that before we finish that you know what you need and, and what is right for you. We were just sharing our experiences. And um, 
if you have any questions around that, then yeah, please, please let us know. Absolutely. But, I think it's, it's about being discerning about what energy you let into your life and, and who you choose to support you going through this, this time. So there's no right or wrong or good or bad. Um, as you said, Jade, these are just our experiences, but there's, it, it takes a whole mix. It's it's not just a, a one size fits all solution. So um yeah, try everything. What's it you said? Try everything three times. I think we said that on the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> try it three times and then decide. Um but yeah, everyone's got their own path. So yeah, hopefully this has given you some suggestions um of alternative methods of support and help that you might not have been aware of and as we said yeah share on the anchor voicemail or with us on instagram um, and let us know what resources you've been using it'd be super helpful for me i know personally i want to know so please please help me Um, (laughs) that would be great if we could share some some of those really good quality resources that are out there that we might be unaware of perfect And that's it for another episode. And thank you so much for being here and listening and being part of this conversation that Vari and I so love having with you. And next episode, can you believe it will be episode seven, and we're going to be talking about unconventional choices and finding your true north. So I think it's both very, it's clear that Vari and I are not ones to make conventional choices and so we're going to dive into that and if you're listening to this podcast i dare say you're on the unconventional train with us so <laughs> on to reawakenedwomen.com sign up and subscribe to our mailing list so you are the first to hear when that episode lands but thank you beauties and talk to you next episode bye bye